We're in part two of a, a word on the law of relationships established in the Garden of Eden. Sort of reflects a, a crisis that I see in the body of Christ in the world. You know, I've been in churches large and small in significant parts of the world, even in Asia and Europe and in the United States and far sides of the United States to this side of the United States. And I think we're in a crisis of where, how, we, how do we do church? And where you're seeing this uh, polarization of relationship or presenting the gospel in a, in a relevant, communicative way and to a generation. And it, you see this polarization occurring. And I think it's caused in a, a breakdown in the body of Christ. And, and I think God is wanting to do something radical and bringing us back to the reality of fulfilling, walking in the fullness of the law of relationships. Now, you remember, as I said last week, the reciprocal of the law of relationships is the law of sin and death. Because when a relationship is violated, it releases sin. A relationship is violated is sin. And the result of is death. Death means separation and decay. So it's separated. And there's some things I want to review from last week. Because these two laws between, um, we see reflected in the two trees are in the middle of the garden the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and tree of life. And you remember, as we defined this last week, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is having the form and the provision of God without relationship with Him. It's very important. We, and we spent a lot of time talking about that last week. Let that sink in. This is in the middle of the garden. God gives freedom to eat I mean, from any tree. And He says, but He says, if you eat of this tree, you will die. And that is the result of a violation of relationship of God or of other people. A form of God and the provisions of God without relationship with Him. I want, to, I want you to recall the Genesis 3-6 passage. I don't have the passage up there, so if you leave that slide up there, please. But if you remember, Eve looks at the tree and she sees that the tree is good for food. And she also sees that the tree can make one wise. See, everything was coming from the provision of the tree without God. The tree would be, make you wise. The tree is good for food. When the Word says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Where God says, Eat of the tree of life and any other tree in the garden. And we, we established last week the tree of life is a depth of relationship with God. Or we saw in, in Revelations 22, where the throne of God and the Lamb are in it. The tree of life. The life of the tree. So, we've got to think. The, real, the reality is the tree of life represents relationships, of which primarily is relationship with God. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the form of God and the provisions of God without God. Remember, God made the tree, even the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, good. It says every tree was good for food. And so what we catch ourselves is this place, y'all, walking in doing 
what's right and wrong without God. And that is the dilemma we're at today in the body of Christ. That's, and I believe that's caused the church of Jesus Christ to become ineffective in influencing our country and not only other countries. Because we've been trying to emphasize the knowledge of good and evil apart from relationship. Relationship with God and relationship with one another. And the second thing that I want to establish here as a foundation for today. God is doing a work in us in this Ephesians 3 passage. I want you to notice, for this is spoken to the church at Ephesus. This is to Christians. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Father, from whom every family on earth derives its name. Family, relationships. Watch this. That he would grant you according to the rich of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Now watch this. God is strengthening us in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, I don't need to spend a lot of time in that in dwelling place. We, we talk about Jesus dwelling in the areas of our hearts, the specific areas. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, watch this. That, what's the result? That you may be rooted and grounded in love. And I probably should have put the next passage that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints the height, I always get it mixed up, height, breadth, width, depth, and length of God. In other words, the vastness of relationships, the height of relationships, the depth of relationships, the width of relationships, the differences of all these different relationships, the things that enables us to get there is being rooted and grounded in love. And what I'm really pointing out here is that God is doing a work in us to deepen in us the reality of love down in the deep places of our lives. He's busting down the walls of religion. We can't hide anymore. You can't come in. God is grieved, but people can come into a service and hide and go out wounded and broken. And, and y'all, we are guilty here it's just as much as many other churches of doing this. And so we just cry out for mercy and grace. So today, God has really, the word that the Lord has, has put on my heart to share, to speak something in a way that unveils the walls of religion out of our eyes. Because as I started studying this, and God started speaking to me, I, re- I realized, oh, there was so much religion in my life. It is so easy to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and not go to the tree of life. Just tell me how to do it right and wrong. Just tell me how to do it right and wrong. Just let's figure out how to do it right and wrong. And God's going, no. Tree of life. Relationships. And y'all, y'all know. When it's true, when you get into relationships, it is never all pretty. You know, we do our Sunday morning services, get them ordered, get them looking pretty, sounding good, looking right. And people, 
experience God in this sterile environment. You go home and you get in the middle of your home and all of a sudden H-E-double-L's breaking loose in your home and you're going, why is God not here there? Because you know what? We're creating this divide. Yeah. And so I pray today that I communicate some things to open up the eyes of our hearts to say, okay, Lord, no more through the knowledge of good and evil. Because I'll be honest with you. We still eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Results are death. The day you eat of the tree, you shall surely die. Well, y'all, hate to tell you this, I know it is God's will for all men to be saved. God's will is for every person in America to be saved. Is it occurring? No. What's wrong? It's got to be, judgment begins with who? The house. With us. This is not to condemn. This is to say, okay, Rick, or you, let's eat of the tree of life. So let's look at some things. And so the first, there's six things that God started showing me. And you'll notice the heading. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is to seek to know good and evil instead of a relationship with God. And God showed me six major things in, in the Word of God that how we take the form of God and the provisions of God and we turn it into the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The first example is, is that, we, that we seek to know the promises of God over a relationship with God. Now this sounds weird, but I want you to notice this passage in 1 Samuel chapter 8. And it came about when Samuel was old and the appointed sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel. And the name of the second, Abijah, however. And they were judging in Beersheba and his sons, however, did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after dishonest gain and took the bribes and perverted justice. Then all of the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, Behold, you have grown old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king for us to judge us like all the nations. Let that phrase sink in. Now appoint for us a king for us to judge us like all the nations. Let that sink in. Keep going. Let's go to the next slide. But the thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel when they said this, give us a king, judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being their king. Now, the problem is, here you are, go to the next slide. The elders of Israel came to Samuel, and they quoted verbatim this promise out of Deuteronomy 7.14. When you enter the land which the Lord God gives you, you possess it and live in it, and you shall say, I will set over me king like all the nations who are around me. They took a promise from God, and when they came into the land, were they in the land? Yes. They took a promise of God and carried it to Samuel, and they said, okay, we want this king. But God says, you've rejected me. What? How can this be? A promise? A God? 
Y'all, I watch it all the time. Watch it in the area of relationships, girl and guy relationships. They claim a promise. Oh, God, I know the plans you have for me. Plans of prosper. I know you've got a plan for me in the area of relationships. I know you do, God. But what happens is I see them, and I see it in my own heart. We fall so much more in love with the promise than we do with God. And so we want to do the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in relationship to the promises of God. See, we're wanting the promise without Him. That's what children of Israel did. They're, they had a promise in the land and rejected God. That's crazy how you can do this. Let me, let me show you some things about this. Let's go to the next slide. Because interesting thing about the promises of God, God was really put in my heart. For is, look at this passage in 2 Corinthians one twenty. For as many as as are the promises of God, notice this next statement, in Him they are yes. Are you catching that phrase? In Him they are yes. Look at this. Therefore, through Him is our amen to the glory of God through us. In Him they are yes. With Him they are yes. You can take a promise without relationship and get in trouble. You know how children of Israel got in trouble? God says, give them a king. Well, who did they get? Saul. Go to the next slide. (coughs) Excuse me. Watch this. He is our yes and amen in the release of his promises in our lives. I want to make this statement. I think I said in our notes. A heart that is directed, it is for the Lord in relationship to the promises, He will direct the time and the process. Because you know what happened? Saul was never to be king. David was to be the first king. How can you tell? Notice this statement in here in in, uh, in 1 Chronicles 13.3. Let us bring back the ark of our God to us. For we did not seek it in the days of Saul. Why is the ark of God so crucial? Notice the statement. For it goes on, that is the Kirith Jerem, which belongs to Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, the Lord who is enthroned above the cherubim, for his name is called. All the days of the reign of Saul, the ark of the covenant never came into Jerusalem. They did not seek after what? God's presence. So they wanted a promise. They got the promise without God's presence. And so they did not get the best. They came before the time. And y'all, I remind you, that which is of the flesh will always try to kill that which is of the spirit. What did Saul do when... David got after anointed him a king. Saul continually, what? Time after time again, trying to kill David. What happened was the children of Israel took a promise of God. This is right. This is right. This is good. But God, we don't want, I'm going to say it how it was. We don't want you. Because the journey would have been for the elders of Israel to God with, with David, I mean with Samuel, 
and say, let's proclaim a fast. Lord, you're our king. I, I want to emphasize this again, something I said earlier. I, I just want to sing, say this to the singles in here. Y'all, you are married. You are. You have a bridegroom. And let me tell you something. He's more real in eternity than any spouse that will ever occur on this earth. I love that song, Shine. There's going to be a wedding. The reason that I live to what? To marry the Lamb. I, I want to, I noticed Chad and Desiree were here, and I'm sorry, I'm going to, I didn't ask you if I could do this, but some of y'all may have heard this story, some of you had, but this is one of my one all-time precious moments. You know, Desiree came here wounded and broken and came here, and, and Chad has been among us and wounded and broken. In many ways, a guy did a lot of things in a period of time, and, and Desiree came in here just really setting her heart to just allow God to to heal her heart from dysfunctional relationships and uh, to really set her heart to marry, I'm going to say it this way, the lamb. And uh, and I'll never forget Chad, Chad and I, you know, hanging out. Chad goes, there's this girl. I really, from my heart, just paraphrase. I said, who is it? And he knows you got to be cautious telling me stuff, but in that area, because you don't want to. <laughs> and so, but he finally told me, I said, Desiree, oh man, he just captures my heart, paraphrase. And uh, and I said, well, ask her out to coffee. Uh, just ask her out to coffee. And he goes, well, okay. you know, I can't remember it. <laughs> but, so anyway, about a week or two passed, and I'm going, did you ask her? Oh. And I said, was this thing, it's a God thing? Yeah, yeah. And so, but here over here, Desiree is in this place that all she, you can see Desiree is in part of the internship. She's just falling in love with Jesus. She just wants Jesus. And I forget, we're sitting after class over here. I said, Desiree, I need to talk to you because I'm going, Chad's, Chad's laboring here. I need to ask him this because I don't want him asking Desiree and Desiree don't want to go there. I want to protect Chad. So uh, so I asked Desiree, and I said, Desiree, uh, there's this dude that wants to just maybe I invite you out to coffee. And uh, well, I'm, <laughs> I, this is not a setup because it wouldn't have worked if it was. But anyway, say so anyway. But I'll never forget this this look on her face. She she got this all of a sudden this weird look on her face. And uh, and I and I saw that look on her face, and I'm going, "Oh God, I have screwed up." And she looked at me, and she said, "Rick, I have been just setting my heart just to be in love with Jesus. I do not need a guy." And and it just kind of, in, in the paraphrase, that's about what you said, wasn't it? And it just, and it because it shook her. And uh, and then I said, it's better be you or I have totally screwed her up. Awakened her love before the time. You know, in a way, 
to where it finally went back to sleep. She could be healed. And then, but you know, the rest is history. And I didn't have anything to do with it. You know, or else they wouldn't be sitting there. <laughs> no, I know I didn't have anything to do with it. But the thing that got communicated in my heart was for Desiree and Chad, they were out after the promise. They were after the Lord. And for Desiree and Chad, Jesus became their promise. And out of that flowed time and procedure. And it was a beautiful thing for us to watch. You know, all to see. I saw Chad the other day and I'm going, how is it, Chad? He's going, shaking his head like, how do you live? Other paraphrase, how do you live other than being married? And I go, now that's Jesus. And so, uh, promise. Well, the second way that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that we can get distracted is in the provisions of God over a relationship with God. I want to show you this passage in Exodus 33 where God tells the children of Israel, they're about to bring them into the land. And and the Lord spoke, and they, and they pulled the bone the the bonehead idea of you know trying to offer up this sacrifice, creating this golden calf, and whole thing, praise creationist. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and says, "Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up from the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants I will give it." I will send an angel before you. I'll drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I, for I will not go up in your midst. I'm giving you the provision, but I'm not going up in your midst. And we'll have this. I watched this many times. There's this place that where we'll have these opportunities for the provisions of God presence of God. And I think I've spoken some about this. But y'all, when we get focused on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we start thinking, okay, how do I do it? How do I do it? Do I tithe? Do I do this? Do I do that? And when we get into this place in relation to the provisions, and we're thinking about, how do I do it? All right, so I'll be blessed. Guess what tree you're eating from? But instead of, oh Lord, I need you. I need you. I remember, y'all remember me telling y'all the time I got the, the, the bill in the mail of $185,000 and, and it was due that Saturday. That was a Monday. Y'all remember that? I put it on my heart. Rick, you don't need $185,000. You need me. Me. Let's go on. Watch this with Moses. Then he said, Moses said to him, if your presence does not go up with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all other people who are on the face of this earth? There's a passage in Psalms that says, the nearness of our God is our good. How much time do we spend? I'll be honest with you, I believe we have we have missed it in DP. We have gotten away from prayer and worship. Passion. 
just seek His face for the provisions. Fast, pray, set our hearts to Him. Just all about relationships. Watch this. Because provisions are released out of the depth of who God is. Notice this passage in, in, uh, in Romans chapter 4 in Genesis 22. Abraham, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. That's provision. Well, notice for Abraham in Romans chapter 4, it tells you how the provision was released. It says, in the presence of him whom he, that's Abraham, believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls in the being that which does not exist. In other words, the nature and character of the person of who God is is the thing that was permeated Abraham's soul and relationship with God was the basis of the provisions to be released that he might become the father of many nations. Provisions or his presence? Or provisions or relationships? There's these crisis moments in all of our lives that we're, we're, we'll have these points in time. Like last night for me, in one sense. You know, I, I'm, I know Shay and then... You know, they go to the late movie and, and all of a sudden, and, I'm, and I know I can't go to bed until, because Francis sleeps downstairs, Max is upstairs, we've got one bedroom. And so, you, know, you don't mix the two, you know, or thou shalt never sleep. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, and I was thinking, man, I gotta, I gotta get some sleep, I gotta study, you know, get ready, finish getting ready. Francis is crying and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, God's going, what's more important right now? What's more important? One of the awesome testimonies of this for me is a guy named Johnny Selector. When Bud was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, uh, Bud and Johnny were really good friends. Johnny Selector happens to be one of the most wealthiest men in all of probably South Florida. Owns, did own, I don't know if he still does, he may have sold it, thousands of acres of farmland. Some of the richest farmland in the United States. Owns the, probably the largest John Deere dealer in the United, in the world. So he's got everything he does, but a phenomenal man of God. Phenomenal man of God. When Bud got sick, Charlotte had an old car that it was hers, Johnny said, just one day sent over and said, give me the keys to your car. And he had somebody drive over a brand new Buick, what was that top of the line Buick for her. Johnny, every morning, would go pick up Bud. Well, that's just about, that's a small thing. This is a big thing. This is a guy that has to run a multi-million dollar operation. Every morning, he would come and pick Bud up for breakfast. This is when Bud... Y'all couldn't think straight. He would pick him up for breakfast and take him to breakfast every morning. After breakfast, he would take Bud home, and and then he would go back to the office for about three or four hours, and then he would come back and pick Bud up just about every afternoon at 1 o'clock and take Bud to play golf. And I can still see Johnny, I mean, Bud would do weird stuff playing golf. You know, he would like take a golf club and he would just start swinging 
where there was no ball. Because he couldn't tell whether it was a ball or Alzheimer's was taking its effect. But Johnny was never grew impatient with that. You know? That is a heart that has that precedes provisions. That's how you know a man that's successful. That his heart is for people like like that. Faithful. And he doesn't do it, do it to be seen or heard. And that's now this is the heart of God. God says, you want the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to get my provisions, figure out how to do it all right? You're missing it. Just come to relationship with me. Come to relationship with others. Their provision will be released. That was Abraham for Abraham. And Moses. God, if you don't go, I don't want to go. I don't want the provision without you. Well, guess what? He gets God. Guess what you get? The provision. So let's go on. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil seeks God's plans over relationship with God. Notice this one in Jeremiah. Y'all know this passage. But it's inf- you've heard me preach this many times before, so, but I'm not going to labor here much. Verse 11, for I know the plans for I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. Subject matter in verse 11 is plans. But the subject matter switches. Then you will call upon me, come and pray to me. I will listen to you. You will seek me, and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart, says the Lord. You'll find me. Find me. You'll find me. Not the plans. Plans are not even mentioned anymore. But you find me. God. How many times do we get caught in this? I mean, you know, college students been around it. Oh, I don't want to. I want to know the plans for my life. I want to know my purpose. It's y'all. It's not about our plans. It's not about our purpose. It's about Him. It's about Him. Our family verses, Proverbs three, five, and six. And Paula was sharing this with me when I was going through everything with her and which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust means attach oneself to. In other words, every area of your heart is attached to the Lord. In all your ways, know Him. Acknowledge this kind of words out, but it's the Hebrew word yada, meaning to know. In all your ways, know Him. And in that place, He makes your path straight. See, we try to get Him to make our path straight. And I could tell y'all the, the, the situation for Paul and I, but y'all have heard it many times before when I went to Big Stone Gap, and we're, I'm claiming this passage, this promise. I'm saying amen to it. But all my ways were not headed toward knowing him. All my ways were headed toward knowing other people, other provisions, or whatever. God, and I got mad at God. But when I think about this passage, I think about Jen Edwards which became Jen Wower, who was in the early days of dwelling place here. And you know, some of y'all may, I may have shared his testimony. I don't remember this one. But Jen, she loved Dustin Wower. God gave her a word about Dustin, that he was to be her husband. She, Jen was living here in Christiansburg, and Dustin was living here in Christiansburg. But Jen was so in love with Jesus. She was so precious. 
And Jen, when God told her that word, she moved to Salem. She just moved to Salem so she could set her heart completely toward the Lord and that she would not manipulate or control the situation and try to draw Justin to herself. I'll never forget the night that Paul and I were sitting at home out in Pembroke and all of a sudden we had a friend that had come in to visit us. It was a friend of Dustin's and Jen's. And uh, then Kat Breckenridge and Kat was there visiting us and, and Paula and I are they're sitting there talking to Kat and all of a sudden the door opens and it's Dustin and Jim walking in together and I'm going, because I knew Justin didn't want to have anything to do with Jim. I mean, I mean, not in in the area of relationship. But they come in, they sit down and talk, and I thought, well, they're just here to see Cat. No longer they're there. This was in September of that year. All of a sudden, Jim and Dustin go, uh, Rick, we got a question up for you. Uh, we want to know if you'll do our wedding in November. I'm going, what? I mean, I mean, you could have blown me over with a, a feather. And I'm going, I didn't even know y'all were hanging out. God just going, oh, the Lord just spoke into my heart. There's my wife. I've been running from her. But Jen, but if Jen was with the plans of God, Jen just goes, God, I want you. I want you. And guess what? Yes. She ate of the tree of life. And let's say, they got life. How many kids I got now, Mitch? Six. Fruitful. Multiply. Let's go on. A couple other things I just want to throw out here to ask. We talked about promises. We talked about God's provisions. We talked about God's plans. Remember the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Is the form or the provisions of God without God. Look at this. In Matthew chapter 12. Now, the heading here is that the knowledge of good and evil is to, to know, to seek a religious structure or order over relationship with God or others. This is the, this is the, when the, at that time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath and his disciples became hungry and began to pick the gre- heads of grain and eat. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples do what is not lawful. To do on the Sabbath. They're disturbing our order. They're eating on, they're picking grains of wheat on the Sabbath. They're eating with unwashed hands. They are not doing it right. And and Jesus, he said to them, have you not read that David, when he became hungry, he and his companions, how they entered the house of God and they ate the consecrated bread? (gasps) No. If you do it right, you can be killed for that. Men did this. They ate the consecrated bed, which was not lawful for them to eat, for those with him, but for the priest alone. Keep going. Or have you not read in the, on, in the law that the Sabbath, the priest, this is interesting, on the Sabbath, the priest in the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent. Don't work on the Sabbath, but they have to go on the Sabbath. And, you ever wondering about that? The law, the people who preach, oh, you got to keep the Sabbath day, keep it holy, and the preacher. There's no harder working day than preaching and ministering on Sundays. And I was going, what do I say about that? Oh, okay. You know, anyway, I'm getting off. Sorry. Well, watch this. But I say something greater is than the temple is here. But if you had not, if you hadn't known what this means, I desire compassion 
and not sacrifice, you would have not condemned innocent. In other words, structure and order are good, but structure and order are to protect and enhance relationships. Structure and order is good, but it's to enhance faith and love. Watch this passage that Jesus says, the parallel of this in Mark. Notice, watch this. It says it happened that he was passing through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciple began to make their way along picking heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful? Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What is he saying? The order and the structure is made for the relationships. Relationships are not made for the man or for relationships. Did I say it wrong? Y'all know what I'm supposed to say. You got it. (laughs) That's what happens when I start trying to think ahead and saying something. No, thank you for the quiz look. Notice this. Structure and order are good. I can go to the next slide in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 and 10. I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. A man is the head of every woman. God is the head of Christ. That's order, structure. But it's to protect the relationships. Notice this. For therefore a woman ought to have, you know, symbols just uh, is italicized there and it's because it's not an original. A woman ought to have authority over her head because of the angels, spiritual warfare. The structure is there to protect and enhance the relationships. See, what happens is, is when we start using, this is, this is a big one for me. When we start using people to fulfill mission goals and organizational goals, we're sick. It's wrong. Now you can go to the extreme and I go to the extreme. And that's not right. I've watched people, we present a vision in in a ministry or a church and we're going to reach this. You know, know, like in the good old days in my early days where, okay, we're going to have, bring a friend to church day. Okay, we're trying to hit X number numbers. Suddenly, the order and the structures is the important thing, and the relationships are being used to fulfill this. It's subtle, very subtle, very subtle. And it's really the depths of the heart is it. It's the only place you can find it. A Sunday morning service, y'all. What's more important, service or the people in it? Individual people in it. I'll never forget about a year or two ago when I was preaching, Beth Wilbur sitting over here. Now Beth gets kind of weird and crazy when the Holy Ghost gets on her. But this one particular Sunday morning, she starts, Holy Spirit starts hitting her and then she starts getting drunk in the Spirit. And all over the church sanctuary, this is the second service, this place is packed. And people go, oh, she's out of order and stuff like that. But, you know, the thing that broke my heart about that, you know what was happening with Beth? That was Beth, mother, somewhat, it, was about, it wasn't even a year, had died 
And Beth went through the traumatic experience of walking through her mother having to have her, amput- her legs amputated. And then, where that didn't take care of the problem, and her mother ended up dying. And Beth had to sit there all in that process. That Sunday morning, God was visiting her and healing her heart of the pain of the death of her mother. It's more important. Our nice, quiet, orderly service or that precious little girl getting healed by her mother? Service is for the relationships, not the relationships for the service. You hear my heart? Oh, we've got to do it right. We've got to be orderly. Knowledge of tree, uh, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. No, we order it. Protect the relationships. To facilitate things. And there's, there's balance in that whole thing, that scenario I was telling. But the whole, you've got to catch the heart of what I'm speaking here. The next thing is, is that the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil seeks God's word over relationships with God. This is interesting to me. God's word? Dude, the inerrant word of God? But Jesus rebukes the Pharisees in John 5.39. You search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. You think you've got the answers of how to do it, how to do it right or wrong. You think you've got it. Oh, it is these that bear witness of me. The next verse says, but you were unwilling to come to me. In other words, how many times, y'all, have y'all been in this place? I know maybe I'm the only one here. But we go through this book figuring out how to do it, right or wrong. Alcohol. Right or wrong. I mean, what does it say in here? You know, uh, divorce and remarriage. Oh, let's get it, you know. You know, but we start looking at it to find the knowledge of good and evil. And and I've been guilty of it. We get in we've got in elders meetings talking about you know the details of it, you know, and, and it always whenever we get into those places that where it's not outflowing out of the depth of relationship with each other and with God or the persons, um it gets weird. But, you know, God says, notice this passage in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, where he says, says something in verse 5, he says, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and sincere conscience. It, is it dead on? Go to that next slide, if you would, please. Watch this. Oops, it's not there. Let me read this to you. I, sorry about that. I skipped over it. Because it's very important, because Paula knows, I've told y'all this before, but I'm just going to reiterate it. Y'all, coming up, Rick Sizemore in the flesh is somebody that would argue with a stump. I've said y'all that before, in the flesh. You remember, at times I'd want to put a sign on my door, Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons, welcome, please come. Why? Just so I could argue and debate scripturally. You know. Is it because I want to see them saved and have a passion for them? And I would say no, because why? I just like to. 
argue that's being hard. <laughs> you know, I mean, but listen to this. It says, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and good conscience into your faith. Listen to this. For some men straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussions. <laughs> oh, kill me, Jesus. <laughs> Go ahead and stone me. <laughs> I mean, that's me. That's me. You know, you remember me telling you all the time that Paul and I, I mean, me and this guy are in this discussion about the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, we're in this intense discussion in our house. You know, Shay, I don't know if he's born yet. But we're in this discussion. We're intense. Well, the Word of God says this, though. Well, the Word of God said that. Oh, you dumb. Oh, you stupid. You know, all this kind of stuff. How can you do that? It was so bad. Paula went back to the house and she wept. You know? Because, you know. And I, I just remember in seminary. I was in seminary. I remember walking across campus, headed home one day, and all of a sudden I just remember. My heart, I'm going, Lord, just held up a mirror to my face and the spirit. I said, Rick, and I'm just going, my heart's getting hard. My heart's getting cold to the Lord. And, uh, and the Lord spoke to me. He says, Rick, you know, I'm in seminary. I'm studying the Bible, all about the Bible. I am intensely studying the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I am learning how to do it right and how to do it wrong. I'm not saying the seminary was, but my approach in it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I've got to learn how to do it right. How to do it not wrong. Yeah, don't want to do it wrong. And uh, let me speak this. And I remember the Lord saying to me, he goes, you're ingesting so much word. Word of God is not given just to, to grasp. You've got to process it into the depth of relationship. Every time you hear it, it has to be the end of it is love or faith. Yeah. What about Second uh, Timothy three sixteen? This is the word of uh, all scriptures inspired by God for correction and reproof. Just what, what do you correct? Somebody? I mean, just like when you're like talking about looking in the scriptures for right and wrong, isn't it? That well, the word of God right? corrects. But what is it? What is it correcting you in relationship to? How to love? How to believe? I mean, that's how it corrects. It, it does. There is. I'm not y'all. Remember from last week, God said to the man. He's become like us, knowing good from evil. So knowing good from evil is not evil, because God knew it. Remember, we established that last week. But what I was saying was, knowing good from evil without of the context of relationships is destructive. And so, and I think you were the one that asked it in class. You're going, what do you think there's a point in time that God would have said, you can eat of the tree of the knowledge again? Or was that Alex? One of you two is causing trouble in class. Whatever I say today. Not trouble. Y'all call it fun. Provoking to love and good deeds. But anyway, I'll tell y'all later. But anyway, the whole, thing, the whole process of, of understanding always goes, God correcting it, deals with relationships. Like my wife correcting me. And revealing to me 
uh, uncool things in my heart. Not cool. Well, let's go on. Let's finish this last one. It's interesting. The tree, the knowledge of good and evil, knows and seeks gifts and ministries over a relationship with God. Notice this Matthew 7 passage. In Matthew 7, it says, Many will say unto me that day, I think, uh, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Perform many miracles. Then I will declare to you, I never knew you. I never knew you. Apart from me, the workers of iniquity. And what I hear the Lord saying in that is, as I see us, you know, in charismatic circles, we get so intensely focused. Oh, okay, Holy Ghost. Yeah, Holy Ghost. How can we do it? How can we, how can we facilitate it? Apart from depths of relationships. And it's interesting thing to me about, about relationships and the gifts of the Spirit. Every time major teaching is done about, about functioning of ministry, I'm sorry, just about every time functioning of ministry occurs, love is a key result. 1 Corinthians 13, 12, man, manifestations and gifts of the Spirit. 13, love. 14, all about how the functioning of the gifts of the Spirit. You cannot deal with 12 and 14 without 13, which is love. Interesting to me in Ephesians chapter 5. Notice this, I mean, 4, I'm sorry. It says, for the equipping of the saints. This is where God has appointed in the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. And then it goes, in, in which, which I skipped over that passage. Building up the body of Christ, and then it mentions love. But notice in, in 16, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself up in love. Gifts and ministries are an expression of the heart of the Father to the wounded and the broken. Gifts and ministries are our opportunities to participate with him to love on others and allow the love of the Father to minister to. Never an end. Never an end. Now, y'all, I'm a dude that, you know, I, I'm a, I, I am and probably guilty was charismaniac. I remember going... To Paula, when we first got married, you know, y'all have heard me share this before, but <laughs> man, we were in a good old Baptist church teaching the word of God that said if anybody spoke in tongues, they were the devil. You know, and Paula was nice and comfortable in SBC circles. You cut her, she bled cooperative program. I mean, it was nice and ordered. She was involved in WMU. Sorry, babe. And, and I mean, she had it down. And I'm this rogue guy going to these secret charismatic prayer meetings, you know. Uh, hidden in circles. Oh, Brother Whipple better not find out where you're at or else. I mean, it's bad. And I'll never forget, you know, I'm, I'm getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and I'm, uh, I'm foaming at the mouth, you know. And I'm laying hands at bed at night. I'd lay hands on her. Lord, how dare her. 
question me about these things, God. Slap her down. Slap her down. Let her come up speaking in tongues. That will show her. That's honest God truth. I prayed that. Not once, many times. Oh, God. Get her. Get her, Lord. And here's Paul over here. The first time I took her to a charismatic meeting was a Benny Hinn healing crusade. Dude, I'm serious, man. It was crazy. Oh, yeah, God. Hit her. Yeah. Did you say? I mean, Paul and I couldn't have talk about God without, I don't know how it is. We're going to talk about John 3, 16. We end up arguing about gifts of the Spirit. Because why? Paul's heart was wounded by people in the gifts of the Spirit. Her, her family on, on her father's side were from hyper-holiness background. It said, if you did not speak in tongues, you were not saved. So, you know, it was a hard thing for Paula, for her people who she loved, her family had sinned. Paula was active in church, intensely trying to walk with the Lord, but her family, her, on her dad's side, was saying she's not saved. Then she and her youth group, all of a sudden the youth director gets, gets messed up on the Holy Ghost, probably had some of my stupidness come along with it, with it. And then he just caused, used the gifts of spirit in a way that split the youth group. So, I mean, it was so much pain for Paula that gifts of the spirit and ministries of the spirit meant pain and destruction. So much that when I said to her, y'all, y'all heard me say this before, when I told her I spoke in tongues, she took her wedding ring off. Because it was so, so much pain. Because why, y'all? For the first, I don't know how many years, huh, babe? I don't know. I wish I could tell you that I learned it in a year or two. It was probably about 10 years. And uh, where, where uh, you know, I just came to the realization, oh, ministries and the gifts of the Spirit are love. I didn't come to that quote, but it's just about loving. It's just about loving God and loving people. That's what it's about, right? And so... It's, and, you know, I remember going, well, if I could just figure out how to do it right, Paula will come in line. Oh, and I just stopped being Joe religious. And she, Paula read through the book of Acts. She's going, holy ghost. And then she gets, wow, messed up. You got the microphone back there? Yeah. I love it, though. So my question, and uh, why does after man eats from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Lord makes a very clear point that they must never eat from the tree of life. Or else they live forever. And what, what state are they in at that point in time? Sin and death. Because if they live forever in a state of death, I mean, to be honest with you, Let's put it this way. If I, can't, if I was to live forever in the perpetual state of dumbness that I was with with Paula, I would not only destroy her, but every other person in ministry. I mean, you could take every one of these situations here. You've watched, you've watched the promises of God spoken in a manner to destroy people. Healing. How many people have been destroyed in relationship with Tongues. Tongues. A precious gift of the Spirit. How many people's faith has been destroyed because of that? And that, that's what's behind that statement when he says to them. Not only that, though, you've got the fact of the matter, man and woman are in sin. 
And if they eat of the tree, which is who? Who is it? Yeah. Well, we can eat from it now. Yeah. Because it's him. I can, I can drink water that I'll never thirst. Bread that I will never hunger. So after Jesus came to earth. After Jesus came to earth, now we can eat of the tree of life? When he rose from the dead. In the spirit. You better eat of it. So, anyway, I want to con- conclude with this next statement. God's promises, provisions, plans, structure, order, word, gifts, and ministries are all important. But all of these things are to flow out of the depth of a relationship with God and others. That's how they That's how. Now, y'all, Paula was... Come here, Paula. Sorry, come here. Are you holding the No. Paul said something that was very, very important uh, the other day when we were talking about this. Just share what you were saying about knowing the truth and knowledge of good and evil and eating from it, intimacy with God. Well, what I told him that, you know, that was really, really good revelation, but uh, I think most believers... Um, there would be a reason why we would be eating of out of the tree of good and evil and not relationship. And the things that just came to my mind would be uh, fear of intimacy or some other types of fear, maybe of authorities even since he's the father, father issues. Um, I can't remember some of the other ones. Um, that was a big one was fear of intimacy. Fear of family. Some of some of us in this room, y'all, you say the word family and we'll manifest. God's saying, I want to be family. We can't handle it. Our heart can't handle it. And so that's why it's important for the church to create this environment. But y'all, relationships are important. And, you know, and I want to say this, and if you get something to add into it, feel free to interrupt me. You know, many times we think process-oriented. I mean, not process, we think event-oriented, getting people healed. Deal with the issues. Deal with your issues. Get it straight. I mean, just, just deal with it. Get, just get it right. In other words, what we're saying when we do that, y'all, we're saying to people, listen, I don't have time, so let me get you fixed in an hour and a half, two-hour session. And the reality is, to be honest with you, the thing I found to be true, the process of a body functioning healthily Better word is is a place of healing, a deeper healing than just about anything that happened in that counseling room. Because that's when the body functions with a focus on the depth of relationships. So important. Anything you want to add into that? So I, I think the key for me, uh, the, the point where um, my life really started beginning to to really grow in the Lord and. I'd been, I'm a church nursery baby, so um, was when I finally decided, you know, when you say something hard to me, Lord, instead of fighting you, I just want to ask you why I'm having trouble with that. You know, and just live your life that way. Of, or even people, why am I having so much trouble with that person? What is it in me that's, you know, uh, pushing them away or, or has such a hard time with them? Instead of just going... It's just my personality or I just don't like their personality. Just never being willing to settle with less than walking in love. 
And, you know, if there's someone you can't love or there's something that you learn about Scripture or the Lord or whatever, instead of just going, well, Rick's just, he's just, you know, Rick. Um, Or just, you know, but just really go, okay, what is my real problem with that, Lord? What is it in me that's fighting intimacy with you in that area? You know, that whole list of things, you know, what is it that really... You know, and it, and just just see what the Lord is showing you. So I just think it's a step further than knowing that there's two options, but no, but really going down that list this week and really praying through them and saying, Lord, why, why do I go this route instead of relationship? You know, what is it that that's in me or what's happened in my life that prevents me from walking in freedom in that area? We were talking the other day, Robbie, about this, and you. Your suggestion was to ask the Lord. How did you say that? It was really good. Ask the Lord in every facet of every sphere of relationships you have. How are you operating in your in your husband wife relationships? In your brother sister relationships? Um, your children relationships. Are you eating of the knowledge of tree and good and evil or are you eating of the tree of the life? Just ask yourself those questions. Do you do you think more about how to do it and do it right? Getting it fixed or love and faith? And that's that's the place is at in this. And and so uh I you know, I don't know how to end this thing except to say, Jesus Show a mirror up to our hearts. Does anybody else got something they want to add? <laughs> Say guilty as charged. I know what it feels like now. When you were talking about the um, the whole love thing between the gifts of the Spirit, the thing that hit me was the story about the banquet. The person invite when the master invited all the people to the banquet, and they made their excuses about, "Well, I bought a field, or I, you know, did this." Um, but the banquet is the place of relationship, and so That's the good. excuses that we come up with not to come to that can be distractions. Oh, it's good. Good. That's good. Good. Anybody else got The Lord just reminded me that when we eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and we try to force that on one another, what we know or don't know, that we divide. But when we eat from the tree of life and we accept one another just the way we are and who we are and uh, that we will unite one another and that will make the church strong, then we will be the light of the earth and then we will draw people unto us because God says when we function as the body of Christ, he says, I will add to your numbers. I want you to hear what Wilma said. She said something here very, very important. When we eat the tree of knowledge and evil, she said we separate ourselves. What's the basic word of death? Separation. What she said. It's very crucial what she said. That whole thing. So thank you so much. That also, when people are dealing with condemnation and guilt, will try to go to a place to get things right. So, 
if we've sinned, oftentimes we'll try to go to the tree of knowledge of good and evil to mm. compensate, to try to get back to that place of tree of life. That's good. Because what do we do in go to the tree of knowledge of good and evil? What's the response? Let me condemn myself so that somebody else won't condemn me. It's embarrassing, y'all, to stand up here in front of and make a mistake. So guess what? It's easier to do. I'm going to condemn me before you get a chance to because that way I can control the condemnation. That's, that's big. Anybody else? Wherever you're off the side. Right at the very beginning of the teaching, even going back to last week, um, talking about the scripture of the two trees in the garden, it says that the, the tree of life is in the middle of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So it's... It's not necessarily true that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is in the middle of the garden. The tree of life is in the middle, and that other tree exists in the garden too. And I think that that Adam and Eve messed that up. You know, they said, "Oh, this one in the middle." They they saw what was peripheral and thought that it was central. And I think that's kind of a way of looking at the whole teaching is that, you know, the relationship is central That's so and the other stuff is peripheral. That is so, why don't you listen to what Brian's saying? And let me read a passage on it. Listen to what Satan says. Um, now the serpent was more crafty than the beast of the field which the Lord had made. He said to the woman, indeed, God has said, you shall not eat from any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it, touch it. The tree that is in the middle of the garden. Guess what they lost sight of? Guess what they made in the middle? And evil. Not the tree of life. They lost sight what was in the middle. In fact, we were in worship in the back before the service, and God kept saying to my heart, what's in the middle? What's in the middle? And I didn't understand it until Brian just spoke that. What's in the middle of our life, y'all, is relationships with God, first and foremost, important, and relationships with others. In the middle. What is important. Y'all, I just want to kind of rebuke this not LS men because I'm already there. Please ask these nine nine. Enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days. Enjoy life. How many times do we just try to live life by trying to survive, get the bills paid, get, fulfill the vision, fulfill the ministry, and we stop enjoying life with the woman? And that's that's losing sight of what's in the middle of the garden. What's in the middle. Very sim very similar to Brian, just I felt like can you flip that last thing? Um just those things, promises, provisions, plans, structure, order, all of a sudden that becomes our security. Like that's what that's what we get security out of. Instead of the security is the relationship. Like the relationship is what I need to be secure in. Because otherwise, all these other things become, the, like I said, the middle of the garden. All of a sudden, those become, and, they, and then we can't let go of it. 
Like we can't let go of our gift and we can't let go of anything because that has what's become our security. And to let go of that and to dive into relationship, you know, that's sometimes a, can be a scary place, but it shouldn't be. I mean, I think we all want to be in that place where it's, that's life. Like that is the life to it. So I just felt like that, that's something that we need to repent for is that we've made some of these things the security of our lives instead of that relationship. Yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, after hearing all this, it's only, if you don't deal with it, it's only knowledge. That's good. And this last week, Kathy and I have gone through a very big, big thing in our lives. Changing lives has changed us. And this whole thing about eating from tree is um, something that I have been doing. And I'm, the reason I'm sharing it with you is more of a testimony than anything is that, you know, literally Rick could have been, nobody else could have been in this room. He could have been standing right here preaching to me. And all of what you said about examine. Why, why you're doing this and why it's not, you're not operating on a relationship. Brother, you know, you're pushing people away. And I feel like in my own heart I've been doing that. And some things were revealed. And I don't know if you men have ever felt what it's like to have your wife put you through <laughs> um, praying things out. But it was very humbling for me, and it also gave me a respect for my wife and what, what she does when she goes into a room and, and, and helps other women get freedom. Because she really did bring freedom to me. And uh, I don't know if you know, but you and I are on the calendar tonight. And I will be sharing more of that with you. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking um, forward to it. So this week is t- titled Humbleness for me. But please take what, what Rick has said, and if, especially the married people, if you need to sit down with your husband and your wife and go through things, do it together. Uh, I have found that when I do it on my own, there's, there's a level of freedom. But when I do it with Catherine, she does it with me. She's That's gone good. through her own stuff that we know where each other's hearts are and we can really help minister into each other's hearts. And Mike and I went through a thing this week. Oh, that wasn't pretty. (laughs) But it ended up being very pretty. God's very merciful and faithful. That's good. Never pretty, but good in there. And I I just really encourage you... um, I think one of the things that we were realizing at the last, because um, we were at the last meeting that we had for DPCF as a uh, overall, we had a meeting and Rick was just saying, you know, you know, the sons and daughters and, you know, is this kind of the theme of what we want to do as DPCF? And I felt like, you know, all of a sudden the Lord just started revealing to me. He's like, wow, you know, really a son and daughter apart from relationship. Apart from relationship with one another as a body and relationship with God, um, I can't exist outside of that. And one of the things that I just started realizing is that I could, because I was, I was walking with a couple, um, they kind of come in and out, 
but I was, you know, doing so much ministry with them in there, and I just started realizing that, man, I could, I could get them totally free in there as far as some freedom, and the, which they need strongholds, some things like that. But if they don't engage in relationship with the body, or if they don't engage in relationship with God, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Because th- that's where true freedom comes. And I think when he said that statement earlier, and I just want to pray that God will empower us to engage in relationship with him and also in s- engage in relationship with the body and pray for us as leadership on how to facilitate and order that to make it a safe place and make it a godly place here. But to be able to do that, to walk in that, walk in relationship with one, an- one another, that's huge. And so I just... Yeah. All right. Before he prays, I want to do something. I've, I've preached today, so I've got some authority here. <laughs> Come here, Shad. Um, two things I want to do. I just want to declare this my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Awesome dad. Awesome wife. I don't know where he learned it. Wife? Awesome father, <laughs> whatever you are, <laughs> husband. husband. I am the wife. <laughs> he has a great wife. <laughs> he has a great wife, but he's an awesome dad and husband. Uh, and I just want to say I'm proud of him in that. Awesome testimony of God in his family. Awesome. But also, the interesting thing I wanted to share with you is this. Uh, most many of y'all have been here in dwelling place. Remember this thing called uh, what was it? Great dead, what was it called? Speaking to the dead. Do y'all remember that? That's a whole bunch of crazies in our church uh, doing these videos. Some of us at their expense, you know. <laughs> you know? And uh, the interesting thing, Shay's gone on. He's working for Speed Network now down in Charlotte. And, uh, you know, the things that God did in this body equipped him. And now, this is where I want to brag. You know, in, uh, in, TV, in movies, there's the Academy Awards they give for Academy Awards. And then there's TV. It's Golden Globe. Is that correct? In, in TV, in the area of commercials, there's a thing called what? Promax. Promax. Well, Shay has been nominated to receive the uh, Promax were two commercials that he wrote. That he's flying to L.A., not this week, but the next week, that he could be world famous. You know, I mean, this, this commercial from all no over one, the world. No one knows who he is. Hey, hey, hey. But I, I can brag on you. Okay? And I just know some of y'all's hearts for Shay. I know, like the Burbies, you know, walk through this, Mitch and Leah, and, you know, and, the, and this. And, and uh, so this next week or so, a couple of weeks, uh, he'll be out there, you know. And we just tell him, remember us when you. <laughs> you, you when you know, so, so, so it's okay. Just close. I just wanted to share that with y'all, part of a father. Okay, this is a relationship here. The father delights in his sons so, and his daughters. So, can we just stand? We're just going to close, and I just encourage you if you're um, just kind of like what Ernie was saying, just. I know he didn't go into all the details, but just in that, at that place that you just maybe need to spend some time with the Lord up here, feel free. There's going to be, Robbie's just going to play and, and, and 
maybe sing something for us. But um, if you want to just spend some time with the Lord up here, uh, feel free to just come up. Maybe you just need to get back to that place where you just need to repent and just get redeemed. Come on up. if you, Even if, as I'm talking, just come on up. If you just need to come and just repent for just maybe that place that you've chosen the tree of good and evil over the tree of life. In the areas of your heart, maybe in areas of these ministries, provisions, gifts, um, promise, presence, God, just come and just bring freedom to us as a body. God, that we just, out of the depth of relationship with you, God, all these things flow. God, you spoke that in your word. It says, seek me first and all these things will be added. God, we, we, we hear that verse, but Lord, Rick, put it in perspective today. I'm going to step further and even put the good things of life, the, the God things of life, when they become our security, when they become things that, that you didn't ever create them to be. You're, you created you to be security. God, you are our security. So, Lord, just, I just pray that. And, Lord, if anybody just needs to just agree about something, if, uh, if there's a, a healing that needs to take place, whether it's uh, physically, we just want to pray for the sick. If you need prayer for that this morning, come on up. I'm going to ask a couple of the elders to come up if you can. If you're not already praying yourself or praying with somebody, just come up and we're just going to have you. Uh, Pat's going to come over and... If you need a healing this morning, come and get prayer. Um, but I just encourage you to that word. If you just need somebody to agree with you, um, we're going to have some people come. So I just want you to do that. Um, we're running a little short on time to get the next people in and out. So I'm just going to close this, um, and then Robbie can sing over us. But I just encourage you, if you need to respond, respond. I think Ernie's word was key. He's like, he, he took action. <laughs> he set up some time to respond in, in the way he needed to respond. So don't go out of here not responding. Maybe that's just in your heart where you're at. But if you need agreement, come. If you just need a place to pray, come to the front. So, Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that has just given revelation of your word, God. I just, even, just love that, that so much depth in the garden. There's just so much depth of... God, the reality of where you created and called us to be and then where we have gone sometimes or where we do try to go. And Lord, how you draw us back to a place that we can exist out of the tree of life. We can live and exist there. God, I just, I just break every lie that says we can't. I just break every lie that says that we're just going to be sinners saved by grace for the rest of our life or we're going to be just in bondage or we're going to have to just live like we're living. We're surviving, just as Rick called it. God, we want to be men and women of God that are living, existing off that, that tree of life. Because the days that are ahead, we've got to have that tree. Lord, the, the, the things that are before us, God, the, 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 the things that are out there in the world, they're too much unless we're living and existing off the tree of life. So, Lord, we just pray that. And, Lord, we just repent. Just take time to repent. Lord, I, I repent for where I've, I've gotten my victory out of the, the tree of, God, of, of, of good and evil instead of my victory out of you. Because that victory out of the good and, tree of good and evil, it doesn't last. It might seem like it does. It might religiously feel good. But, God, I just ask right now that I just repent. And I just want to just plug myself into that tree of life. I want to eat from your fruit, Lord. I eat from the goodness of your character and the goodness of your life. 
And Lord, you delight in us. Just as Rick, it's just an example of Rick just delighting in Shay and just the things that God you've done in him, where you've brought him to. God, you want it. You delight in us. So Lord, we just come and ask right now in Jesus' name, bring us to that place, free us, God. Just as we walk this week, that we would be just seeing that the fruit of of the tree of knowledge of, of the tree of life and eating from it. And where we've been picking off the other guy, that you would just reveal it. God, all of a sudden we're reaching for it, and you're going to say, there it is, you're reaching. <laughs> you don't have to. You can choose me. So, Lord, just make that a, a reality this week. Make that a reality this week. So, Lord, we bless you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to release you. There's going to be some people up here to pray. If you want some time with the Lord, just come up and kneel. Otherwise, love on somebody, encourage somebody as you go, and we'll see you next week.